That Metal Interview. How you doing, guys and girls? Uh, this is James from That Metal Interview one more time. On this episode, uh, we have a great, great drummer, an extraordinary drummer who hails from the New Jersey area. And I will mention a couple of bands that he's been with, and you'll, you'll know exactly who I'm talking about. Let's see here. He's played with Flotsam and Jetsam. He's played with Shadows Fall. He's helped out Anthrax, amongst others. And he currently plays with the wrecking crew of overkill as we're talking about jason bittner who spent some time talking to our podcast about his career the future of his career and uh, present time with overkill and the pandemic so uh let's check out this interview with mr jason bittner who gave us the pleasure of talking to us a little bit about his uh, career and life and drumming and this and that so here he goes enjoy guys you guys just finished tracking uh, the the new overkill record how did that go what can the what can you tell us fans about about this album well um, first of all the only the drums are done right now uh, oh. that's that's the only thing that's finished so far drum tracks um right now we're in the process of getting all those edited and then dd and dave will start basing guitars uh quite shortly and uh i really i i can't give you an, an absolute answer on when it's coming out um because that's really all due to covid so we decided that we're going to get it done and hopefully hopefully it's coming out in april or may of next year but if not it's going to be coming out october november of next year and you know Lord, Lord knows what's going to happen. God forbid it gets worse, but you know it might even be pushed back even longer. But the point is, at least we're going to get it done. Yeah, I saw an interview uh, where uh, this is back in April, I believe, or March. You predicted the the COVID to be over maybe in a couple of months, but I guess not, huh? Uh, I, I never predicted that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where you found that piece of information, but I'm not a doctor, so I would never predict any type of time frame for something like this to be over you're probably my guess is taking my words out of context i probably said hopefully it'll be over in a few months but who knows there you go yeah that's yeah, a big difference yeah <laughs> I, i said the wrong word let's go back in time uh for those who don't know what age did you start playing music i started taking drum lessons at eight years old been doing it most of my life same here i started real young um I'm a guitar player too, a bass player, but uh, just local bands, you know, nothing out of the ordinary. Cool. How, how is it working with legends like uh, Dee Dee, Vernie, and Blitz, man? I mean, we see you guys on videos and TV and all that. Um, how is it working, you know, with those guys? They're like my older brothers, basically. It's, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a really good time. I have a really good family, so... I never take that stuff for granted. Very lucky. I've been a fan since the In Union We Stand video back in, what is it, 88, 87, 86? 85, I think, actually. You know, 86 was taking over. You've been a fan since the 80s, too? I saw the band the first time opening for Megadeth on the Peace Cells tour, which was 1987. Oh, wow. That's got to be the, the taking over deal. How did you get the Overkill gig? I mean, I know you're friends with those guys since the 90s, you said. For the most part, that's pretty much it. You just said it right there. You know, I've known those guys for, for forever. And, you know, they need a drummer. They knew that, you know, I wasn't necessarily looking, but, you know, I would entertain a possible offer for a better gig. So one, one text led to a phone call. Next thing you know, I'm doing my farewell tour with one band and joining another you know this it's kind of like a situation at this point you know a lot of us have been doing this for so many years whether for god if it's 20 30 years if you've been doing this for a few decades you've been in this scene long enough where 
for the most part, when someone leaves a band, there's always, or if someone's being replaced in a band, there's always a, a replacement that's already lined up before someone either leaves or gets fired or whatever. So I think a lot at this point is when, when people know your know what you can do and know your abilities and know that, hey, you might be interested, they give you a call. How has the pandemic been, you know, like been stuck at home? Uh, has this helped you out at all, or maybe mentally, uh, compared to the usual, you know, uh, routine of, you know, recording album, tour, recording album, tour, you know? No, I would, uh, I'd do anything right now to be back to my regular routine right now and not being dealing with COVID. This is, this has been uh, a long trying six months. And it's not getting any. It's not getting any better, and it's going to probably even get worse through the winter. So it's, uh, you know, you're doing what you're doing to to stay sane and to get by and to to deal with it. You know, one day at a time. You can't make any plans. It sucks not being able to, you know, know when we're going to play shows and see things that either got canceled or we weren't able to do because of COVID or you know tours that might happen or might not happen due to COVID. It's tough, you know. Especially when it's you know, your source of income. And when you can't do that, you know, what the hell else are you going to do? We're all in a horrible situation. Absolutely. It's not, I mean, I'm just not, not trying to make it out for all the poor, poor musicians. It's every everybody in, you know, around the world. <laughs> it's not even this country. It's around the world. Right. I've seen some uh, some bands go out there. They're starting a tour. They're probably club gigs or I'm not sure. I saw David Ellison. He's, he posted some dates up there. Uh, Aaron Lewis and uh, the guy from Godsmack. Sully, they're doing a tour. Is there any hopes of overkill? Any talks of that? Nope, nope. We're not. We're not going to be. You won't see us anywhere on a stage live until we're comfortable enough to step on the stage. You know, we have a, uh, you know, a front man who is immune system compromised. You know, Blitz has COPD, so we're not going to ever put him in a situation that could be potentially, uh, let's say, not well for him, not not end positive. So. That's why everything's up in the air, man. You know, no one knows what's going to happen with this. Something I can't find. I don't have the CD, The Killing Kind. I don't have that album, the physical copy. Uh, we all have the the digital, of course. I heard you're in the credits there. Yep. Really? Uh, like I've 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 kind of told this story a lot ever since I've joined the band. You know, I've known these guys for years and. You know, Tim and I were very, very close. So, you know, that's why my name is in the credits. You know, I used to go up there and pick those guys up at Saratoga Winners every every time they played up here, pick them up in the hotel, bring them wherever they wanted to go and, and stuff. You know, it's like it, I've been part of this this kind of family for a long time. That's a great metal family right there. Uh, I saw I saw a couple of your Twitch chats where uh, you're showing your drum collection and you talk about drums, of course. How many drum sets do you own, man? I lost count. <laughs> I don't know. I really don't. I could sit here and count. I have to try to sit here and figure it out and figure out where they are spaced around the country, but uh, it's a short interview. <laughs> right? At least over a dozen. Uh, a lot of it has to do with getting and having endorsement deals when endorsement deals were... Um, lucrative, let's say, as far as like the amount of gear that you would get, because those days are certainly over. Um, a lot of it was collector stuff that I collected over, you know, three decades. That's something that people don't remember. It's like, oh, you just got all these drums. I'm like, yeah, but I've been collecting them for 30 years. Like, you know, there's drums that are in this collection that I purchased new in 1987. Oh. So, you know, that that's the, this, this stuff just didn't like appear overnight. 
A lot of it is eBay stuff I find for free. A lot of it is uh, stuff that I might find like on Facebook Marketplace or like in Craigslist or something. You know, some someone doesn't know what they have. And, you know, and next thing you know, you're picking up a, you know, a drum set you can sell for two grand that you bought for 150 bucks wow. at a, at a area in Poughkeepsie. And yes, that did happen. <laughs> <laughs> wow. What a, what a deal. <laughs> yep. Uh, for those that don't know, for those of us that don't know, uh, what is Stigmata? Can you talk to us about that? What is Stigmata? Stigmata was my hardcore band that I was in from 1994 officially until about 2015 when we finally called it a day. So that's a 20-year a 20 year stint on and off. We band hails from Troy, New York, which is right 20, 20 30 minutes from where I live. And uh, we did three records together. Well, they five all together, but I did three with the band plus a live record, so that's four. You know, did a, did some touring in the states in the in the early '90s. Did some stuff in Europe in the in the late '90s to early 2000s, and it kind of just fizzled out at in uh, 2000. And shortly after that, I joined Shadows Fall. Any future plans with the Stigmata or, or in that case, uh, Burning Human? Nope. Stigmata was actually supposed to participate in this telethon thing that's happening for one of the local clubs around here, but there wasn't enough time to get the band together for it. Burning Human is too difficult because our singer lives in New Mexico. <laughs> the rest of the band is here in New York. So. Oh, wow. Uh, right. No live plans for that. I'm kind of I'm afraid to ask a Shadows Fall question because, you know, it gets blown out of proportion, you know, by the media, and I don't want to say names. I saw you guys had a potential uh, gig with Iron Maiden earlier this year. I think one of your members wasn't available for uh, for that Iron Maiden date in the Philippines. Yeah, John. John had an anthrax had an anthrax commitment, but it doesn't really matter anyways because there wasn't a show because the whole tour ended up getting canceled due to COVID. So. <laughs> Even though we lost out on the show, the show never happened. So I guess we can't really feel too that bad about it. Maybe next year, if it gets rescheduled, maybe we'll get that offer again. And maybe if we're available, we will, we'll be able to do it. We were going to do another giant reunion gig at the end of the year in Massachusetts, but you know, sadly, we can't do that either. Uh, going back to Overkill, uh... yeah, it was all on the schedule for this year, but. <laughs> the pandemic kind of put a squash on that for sure huh put a squash on everything really how do you guys uh so many overkill records so many so many badass records uh how do you guys choose a set list for a gig uh who does is it dd or is it the whole band pitches in the ideas or dd usually usually comes up with a with a, a preliminary list and then i'll throw it at everybody and we'll come in with our opinions and which ones we think should be played or whatnot or offer other suggestions. And then Blitz will offer his two cents after he sees what everybody else says. And then we usually agree on 15 to 18 songs that we're going to play every night. Yeah. Cause you got to do the, the hits for sure. The, the quote unquote there's, hit. The, yeah. you know, there's certain sections to the set. There's there, there's the five songs that you absolutely have to play. I mean that there's, you know, every band that's been around for a number of years and a few decades, Every band has the, that same five songs that they have to play. Anthrax needs to play NFL. Anthrax needs to play I Am The Lost. Slayer needs to play Angel of Death. You know, Overkill needs to play Elimination. There are there are those songs that need to be in your set. So that's a good thing. But when, 
you're dealing with overkill songs, you also tend to deal with uh, songs that are generally longer in time. So five songs could be 45 minutes worth of material. So that's like half a 90 minute set right there. And we're like, holy shit, we haven't even scratched the surface yet. <laughs> so it's usually like five, five songs that we know we have to play. Um, maybe two, possibly three new songs. Um, fuck you. And then the gamut goes from, you know, a bunch of different records. What There was a, a period where we were playing a good amount off Feel the Fire and Horoscope because we were going to do the Rock Hard Festival, which was that, that set of those two records, and that was it. So since those songs were fresh in our heads, we were playing... We were playing more horoscope songs in the set than we normally would. Like some nights we were playing three songs. Well, sometimes on tour we only play one song off that record and vice versa. Like, you know, instead of just playing Rotten to the Core, we were playing three or four songs off Feel the Fire. And then we started getting into this thing with Feel the Fire where me and Dee Dee started doing like this bass and drums kind of solo thing before it, which we really started enjoying doing. And like even the band enjoyed it too. Blitz liked it because he got a little break. So we, so Feel the Fire stayed in the set for a while. But Rotten to the Core always has to be in the set too. So now you're talking about two definite songs from that record, you know? Yeah. Give us your best gig and your worst gig. Uh, my worst gig. There's been a few. Well, not really. <laughs> not really. There, there actually hasn't been a few worst gigs at all. So that's a that's a wonderful thing. My worst gig, probably, I want to say, my worst struggling gig was on this last tour in March when I was sick in in Phoenix, and I, I'm, I, there's three of us in the band that are that are pretty pretty convinced that we had COVID early this year too when we started the tour on the West Coast. <laughs> So I was I was sick as hell the whole entire tour. Um, it, it was brutalizing, and having to play every night too wasn't really. Well, it was not fun. <laughs> and in Phoenix, I was so I had just taken because at that point no one knew exactly what it was. I had gone to urgent care the third day into the tour. They prescribed me some antibiotics. They thought it was a viral infection. It just needs to run its course. I'm like, yeah, but I just can't sit home on the couch and sleep. I have to play in a fucking thrash metal band for ninety minutes a night. <laughs> So, so I basically just tried to sleep as much as I possibly could. But in Phoenix, I had taken I had taken a bunch of cold medicine stuff before I went to lay down for a nap, like about a couple hours before showtime. Because I usually lay down after sound check for a little while and just kind of recharge and whatnot. And I woke up, and like I said, it was Phoenix, and I woke up earlier so I could get into the dressing room earlier because of some of the flotsam guys were coming out, and I wanted to go see see Mike and AK and, and go hang out for a little bit. Yep. So when I walked in, Mike looks at me, he goes, dude, what's wrong with your eyes? I'm like, what? He goes, dude, your eyes are fucking totally black. And I'm like, I look in the mirror, and I'm like hallucinating on all this cold medicine. I'm like, oh, my God. I'm like, I'm tripping now. I said, I just feel like shit. I said, I just woke up from a nap. This medicine is all flowing through me right now. So, like, and we weren't on for, like, another hour, but, like, it, like, intensified through, through the next hour. And I'm, like, sitting there warming up, and I'm like, Oh my God. <laughs> Walking Blitz is like, dude, you're all right. I'm like, uh, I feel like shit. Like I really feel like shit right now. And I said, <laughs> and I'm just like, I'm trying hard just to keep it all together. Right. This very second. Like <laughs> it was, I, I'm like an elephant with songs. I, once I know something, I know it. I get up on stage and I look at my tech and I go, dude, how's the first song go? And he looks at me and goes, what? He goes, stop fucking around. I go, 
I'm not fucking around, dude. I'm also <laughs> awesome in standing go. This is so like so <laughs> discombobulated from being sick. I there was never anybody who who's who does this for a living knows that they can always find that point to set where they're on autopilot where it's just like you're going, you're not paying attention to what's going on. There was no absolutely no autopilot at all that night. It was pay attention to every single song. There was never a point where I felt like, oh, I can just lay back now. I know this song. I'm like, nope, forgot how this one goes too, because I'm all on this cold medicine right now. Damn. So it was, it was just like, oh, holy shit, this set is never going to end. It's never going to end. Just get me through this. Um, wow. So that was probably definitely the worst the, the worst show having to deal with. Uh, the best, there's been a lot of those, man. Playing with Black Sabbath and Iron Maiden for a whole entire summer was pretty stellar. Oh, wow. You know, headlining with Iron Maiden in Donington 2003 was pretty stellar. Slipknot Tour in 2005 was great, you know. Playing some of the final shows with Slayer in Europe this year with Overkill were awesome. I've been lucky to been a been a part of a lot of a lot of cool cool things. The whole Mayhem tour playing in Anthrax, you know. So well deserved, man. Well deserved. You're, you're a talent, you know. What's next for for Jason for yourself? What's next? Uh, what can fans expect after the COVID, after the pandemic? Well, whenever the pandemic ends, we'll be back out there and slugging it out in the trenches. I hope you know touring and putting this record out and playing. I got some other. My little irons in the fire right now that I don't want to start talking about yet until they uh, get a little further down the road, let's say. But uh, some other music and stuff that coming down the pike some sooner or later too. So trying to stay busy. Yep, there you go, man. Uh, would you like to send a message to your fans listening to this podcast? Yeah, anybody who's tuning in and hanging out, thanks very much. We appreciate it, and uh, I hope you all are as safe and sound as you can be. And Hang in there. Hopefully, we'll get through this sooner than later. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you, Jason. Thank you for making time. No problem. It's all good, man. So, we await the brand new Overkill album that is almost, well, it's not almost finished, but it will be finished probably sometime for a 2021 release. And uh, as Mr. Bittner uh, told us, so uh, we await us metalheads and thrashers await the new overkill and for now i'll go ahead go ahead and swing by to the overkill website the wrecking crew support overkill support flotsam and jetsam support support anthrax support shadows fall all of mr bidner's jason bidner's uh bands and former bands and current band like overkill so go ahead and support them stream their music download and uh for those of you that uh support that metal interview podcast thank you support download and stream as far as our radio station our radio show jrocksmetalzone.com we welcome you guys to check it out to check out every day's uh rock metal birthdays album anniversaries as well as the latest rock metal news for your need and my need don't forget to keep it metal that metal <laughs>